Welcome to the Career Thrivers Podcast, where we're not just barely surviving in our careers, but we are boldly thriving as leaders. I'm your host, Brittany N. Cole, keynote speaker, author, CEO, and your partner in growth. I've spent over the past decade teaching leaders to develop, retain, and advance in their career and with their workforce. And today, I'm here to guide you on your journey. Here at Career Thrivers, we believe that every experience is an opportunity for continuous improvement. And guess what? You're in the driver's seat of that growth. You're the master of your destiny and the architect of your own success. So whether you're a business leader or a career professional, you are in the right place. Are you ready for this? I'm so excited to be here with you. This season, we're gonna be exploring this theme of owning your power. And I firmly believe in the value of ownership and owning your power, not only in your career, but also in your life. We'll delve into thought-provoking discussions, learn from industry leaders, and equip ourselves with the tools and strategies to thrive in our careers. So buckle up, Thrivers, as we gear up to take your leadership skills to the next level. Welcome to the Career Thrivers Podcast. We are back and I am so excited about this upcoming episode. We're about to get into the nitty gritty of what I believe is one of the most overlooked and underleveraged skills of leaders. All right, but before we get there, if you're new here, welcome where we are coming together in a space to declare that we aren't just barely surviving in our career. We are boldly thriving. And I'm your host, Brittany N. Cole, keynote speaker, author. My work centers at the cross-section of workforce and leadership development. And at Career Thrivers, we partner with corporations to help them to retain, develop, and advance women and professionals of color. Now, I come from a corporate background and have taken the leap into full-time entrepreneurship. So you might be here as an entrepreneur as well. Whatever the decision that you make, we want you to know that you are in the driver's seat of your destiny. You're the architect of your success. So whether you're a business leader, a career professional looking to navigate the next step in your career, or you're in a corporate context, but you're thinking about, oh, maybe it's time for me to tap into this entrepreneurial aspiration, right? We're all about owning your power here. So we're going to delve into thought-provoking discussions here on the Career Thrivers podcast, engaging with leaders and bringing you tools and resources to help you go from barely surviving to boldly thriving. This season's theme is all about owning your power, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Thriver. It's Brittany Cole here. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Thrivers Podcast. And today's episode is all about a topic that really holds immense power and relevance in all of our lives, whether you are whatever title that you hold, right? And it's around owning your narrative. This idea that we all have stories, we all have highs and lows that are connected to our life journey. We have moments of triumph, moments where We've had to overcome and endure setbacks and we've learned lessons from all of that and how we choose to really own our voice and share these stories can have a significant impact on the trajectory of our personal and 
professional lives. So I wanted to kind of just kick back today and really just kind of have a conversation and share a little bit about my personal experience with owning my narrative and the pivotal revel- the pivotal revelation and realization for me in understanding the power of storytelling in your corporate career, right? So I'll start with corporate career and then I want to hit on how I leverage storytelling today as an entrepreneur. So I have some notes here so I can like stay on task because there's so much that I can say about this topic. But I remember specifically being in my marketing role. I was working at Pfizer at the time. So if you're new here, if this is your first episode, if you saw like this is something about public speaking and owning your narrative and owning your voice. I need to learn more about that. Welcome. So prior to founding Career Thrivers, I spent 12 years at Pfizer. And in one of the last roles that I had before I took the leap into full-time entrepreneurship, I was in a marketing role that took some time to get there. I'll say it like that, right? And and there's some other episodes. Actually, the one right before this one I share a little bit more about my entrepreneurial journey and my career at Pfizer and kind of what that transition was like. So if you're curious about making the leap, right, what does it look like? I I get that question often, you know, how did you know, when did you decide that it was time for you to leave Pfizer and build Career Thrivers full-time? That is the episode that you want to check out, right? As well as my book. I talk about it, the journey in my book, thrive through it as well. So I'm in this marketing role, took some time to get there. There was some career grief, some career disruption, right? All of the things that we've discussed here on the show. And at this particular time, before I got the role, right? So the triumph was like, I got the job. But before that happened, I can remember turning down a a marketing role. And it was the first time I'd ever applied for a role And when we got down to the nitty gritty, you know what it's like when you are interviewing for a role or you are responding to a job posting, right? You see what's on that post. So you see the job title and the role, the requirements, right? You might even see compensation there depending on your organization. And then if you, if it's an internal posting, you likely have some connection to that team or that hiring manager that you can get some intel, right? So you, you do your due diligence, you do all of that, right? But like you and I, we know that you don't get all the details really until you get down to getting the offer, right? So that hiring manager makes the offer for you to join the team and then you really un- uncover, right, more of those details. So I was in that in that phase. I had gotten, made it down to the final two, got the call. Never forget. It was on a Friday. It was around five o'clock. I was living in Chattanooga, Tennessee at the time. I'll never forget getting the call and did probably one of the most unprofessional things that you could do receiving a phone call from a hiring manager of a job that you really wanted. The moment that she said, Brittany, I'm calling you with great news. I screamed. (laughs) I screamed. I was so excited because you know how the job search process is. I put a lot of work and time and energy and effort and people and all of those things into getting this role. And the short story is I ended up not taking it, right? So we got into those details that I mentioned and the timing, the relocation package, all of that coupled with being about at that time, maybe six weeks out 
from getting married. And then on top of that, uh, my fiance at the time, now husband, received a full-time, a full-time, a full scholarship to get his MBA in a completely different part of the country, right? So he gets a full ride to Emory, goes to business school, which is in Atlanta. This role is in the middle of Manhattan in New York City, and I am in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and he's in Nashville, <laughs> right? So we're like, I really want to say yes to this, but I can't like this. So turn down the offer, and I thought I was disappointed, and I was. It took me a lot of time to work through that, and and that experience is a lot of what I pull from in a lot of our learning and development at Career Thrivers around navigating career setbacks and navigating career disruption and, and how do you actually thrive through moments like that. But one of the things that helped me to thrive through was owning my narrative, right? Because people started sharing stories. They, they were sharing opinions and they were sharing, you know, what they thought happened, right? The rumor mill was going, well, why didn't Brittany take the role? And you know, we can't believe she did that. I'll never forget. I had a, a mentor of mine who were having coffee, look me in the face and say, you know, Brittany, you, you do know that you just committed career suicide. You, you know that, right? So you can imagine the conversations that were happening when I wasn't in the room. And I remember at one particular point that I'm like, okay, this is the last time that someone is going to come up to me. That's an advocate for me. That's actually a sponsor of me and speaking my name in rooms that I'm not in and sharing things that are being said about me in the room that other people are sharing that aren't accurate. And I'm like, okay, I have got to step fully into this disappointment, step fully into this frustrated scenario in my career and own my narrative, right? Like I have to stop allowing other people to make up the story that they think. And let me help the person, right? And this could be you, or maybe it's somebody that you know, that's thinking, you know, well, I don't have any control of what people think or say about me. I don't have any control over it. And what they think about me is on them and think what you want to think, right? And and what I believe now and what I learned then, and especially now being older and, and much wiser, I, there is an element of that, right? That I, I believe is important for you to maintain not only a growth mindset, but really focus, right? There's a, there is an element of filtering and being mindful about how you respond to what others think of you and how you choose not to respond, right? That is a protective mechanism for just your mental well-being. Yes. And and if you have an aspiration to advance in your career, then what people think actually does matter, right? And, and I don't think that we always acknowledge that sometimes we say that it doesn't matter and that can become a bit of a defense mechanism. And I certainly understand especially as you become more senior and you move up within the organization, that there is this deeper level of confidence that you step into that I think is often misrepresented in language. It's not that it doesn't matter to us. I think what's more accurate is that we aren't swayed by what others think. So I don't base my decisions on what I do today solely on what someone else thinks of me as I likely maybe would have in my early 20s. 
right? So I think that's more of the accurate um, truth when people say that, right? And I say that because if you've been around for any point of time, you've heard me talk about the power of personal branding. And the truth is, right, brand is belief. So, so personal brand, the definition of a personal brand is what other people believe about you. So I say that to say two things. One, you're not in control of your brand, right? So you can't control what other people think, but you can influence it. So part of the reason why it's important for you to own your narrative, part of the reason why it was important for me to say, okay, Brittany, I know why I didn't take the, take the job, right? I know why I know that I've communicated with my sponsors and with my mentors and with the hiring manager and with the team. And I've done my due diligence in terms of my, you know, personal board of directors, my, you know, sphere of influence, my leaders, my leaders, leaders, et cetera, to communicate the why. And also what I recognized was if I want to improve some of the resistance that I'm experiencing, if I want to accelerate what's next so that I can actually thrive in this organization, I have to pick my head up, open my mouth and be intentional about owning my narrative. So that's what I want to share with you today. Not only how I've been able to do that, but how I coach other leaders to do that. And I also want to share a tool with you in how you can join me for a free webinar to dig into the nitty gritty. Check this out. Mark your calendar for September the 7th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you are a woman that is in your career, but you're feeling stuck, you're not feeling confident about that next step, or you feel spoken over, like you kind of quiver when it's time for you to speak up and use your voice, or maybe you've got that entrepreneurial bug that's growing on the inside of you. Maybe it's not a bug. Maybe it's like an aspiration, right? You're like, you're thinking about that next thing. I'm excited to invite you to this webinar that I'm hosting. Pull out your phone right now so that you can head on over to confidentwithspeaking.com and register. This is a free webinar that's going to give you an opportunity to elevate your voice I'm going to be sharing the secrets of how do you speak with confidence, how do you gain clarity and really master the moment to not just speak, but to captivate your audience, whether it's an audience of corporate peers, an audience of your target audience so that you can grow your business, or maybe you want to leverage the power of speaking to gain a little extra cash and monetize your intelligence. Head on over to confidentwithpublicspeaking.com, register for the free webinar. And if you really want to take things to the next level, there's a VIP option where you can learn about the power of AI to work smarter instead of harder to get more confident with speaking. I can't wait to see you September the 7th. Head on over to confidentwithspeaking.com. All right. So one of the first things that I want you to know when it comes to how do you own your narrative and really build confidence to thrive as a leader when it comes to public speaking, the very first thing that you want to be mindful of is your vision, right? So if we go back to this story that I was sharing with you about my experience in this first marketing role, and this was to join the Viagra marketing team, I mean, global brand, like rock star brand that any marketer would love to say and have on their resume, right? Um, so it, it, it was a, it was a disappointing experience and it, and it was also one that like made its way around the organization very fast. Like there were people that I didn't even know 
that new me because of this story, <laughs> right? Because of this experience, because of this career setback. But if you're going to own your narrative and you're going to get more confident with public speaking, it starts with how you see yourself in your mind, right? So one of the things that I saw in this instance was I saw myself as a Pfizer marketer, right? I had people telling me, even people that were part of my personal board of directors, wise council saying like, Hey, you know, maybe it's just best for you to continue on the path of sales leadership here. And if you want to do marketing, you know, go to another pharma company or go to another organization, you know, it's going to be a tough road getting back here. But that was out of alignment with my vision, right? What I saw in my mind, I saw myself as a Pfizer marketer. And so I knew that that was something that I wanted to pursue right where I was, right where I had great brand equity that I was building back, (laughs) right? So, and I, I share often whenever I get to teach or come in and do keynotes around personal branding, one of the reasons why I believe that my message resonates so deeply, especially with corporate professionals and and entrepreneurs, but corporate professionals specifically is because I'm not speaking from a place of like just having researched, like a lot of the frameworks that I have used and leveraged when it comes to owning my brand have been things that I've actually had to apply to course correct, right. To rebrand or to, you know, um, thrive through disruption in my career as was the case with this story that I'm sharing with you. So you want to think about um, your your vision being the bedrock of your narrative. So having a clear, and let me let me let me say it how I would coach it. You want to have cloudy clarity, right? So often when I'm working with leaders, they'll say, you know, I don't know exactly what to do next. Like I don't have, you know, I'm not sure. And it's like, well, you really aren't meant to be like hundred percent sure you want to have what I like to call cloudy clarity. You, you want to have a directional sense of where you want to go. And then you want to make a decision about what's next, right? So the important part of the vision is to be able to see where it is that you want to be. You might not see every single step in terms of how to get there, but you can say, okay, I know that the destination is this. So if you're in a corporate context, you might say, the destination is SVP and I'm a senior manager right now. Okay, great. You know the where, right? If you are a mid-level manager and you have you you have an aspiration around entrepreneurship, you might say, you know, I think the destination is like I want to launch this business on the side, right? You know your where. Right? And that's important to have that compass, right? That is guiding your next step. And then you're tying that vision in with your personal brand, right? And think of your personal brand as having two aspects. One, it's your identity. Two, it's your image. We oftentimes spend too much time over-indexing on our image, right? We spend a lot of time thinking about how others perceive us. It is important, as I've mentioned, it is a part of your personal brand, but the primary in first place, right, aspect of your personal brand is your identity. It's the who are you, right? And that's the question that you want to answer. And that who are you question is often answered through the lens of your vision. So that's why setting your vision is really important. We're going to talk more about the tactics around what this looks like in terms of setting your vision in the upcoming webinar. So I hope that you 
join us at confident, uh, with confident with speaking.com, because I'm excited to really dive in and share some tools with you that you can use to help you map out your vision, right? Cause this is going to be the foundation of you building that narrative around your personal brand and how you add value. Right. And then as you are getting clearer about that vision, you really then want to say, okay, how do I take this vision and connect it with my past experiences and my current skill set, right? And that's when we get into this idea. This is not even really an idea. It's a practice actually of career storytelling. One of the biggest missed opportunities, especially for women in the workplace, is we expect that the key to advancement is hard work and great performance. And my friend, that's table stakes, right? So this PI acronym, P-I-E, stands for Performance, Image, and Exposure. And you've likely, if you've been around for a little while, heard me share about PI, but performance is only 10% of career advancement. The other 90% is image and exposure. So you want to be clear that Yes, I've got to do the work. Yes, I've got to be a great performer. Yes, I have to add value. Yes, I have to be able to get results. If you're a people leader, you've got to be able to get results through people. But that's the baseline. That's like the starting line. If you're looking to move up, if you're looking to advance, right? You really have to own your narrative, share your story, which helps you to cultivate an image that's aligned. And this is one of the reasons why too, that I'll say, um, you know, this whole topic of personal branding sometimes gets a bad rap in terms of people thinking that twofold. One, they feel like it is inauthentic because they're like, oh, well, I don't want to have to always be like, you know, ringing a bell about what I'm doing. Or two, we think that personal branding is about social media and it's not, right? So this whole idea of how am I telling one creating my career story, cultivating it, and then sharing it, using my voice to share the career story helps you to shape your brand or to influence the belief that others have about your influence and your impact, right, in the workplace. And again, if you are an aspiring entrepreneur, a growing entrepreneur, the same is true for you just sub out your coworkers or colleagues for your customers, right? Hey Thriver, have you ever had that feeling like you're doing all of the things, but you're still in the same place? If you're ready to unleash your full potential and to move beyond feeling stuck, stagnant, overlooked, and overwhelmed, you're in the right place. I have an exciting tool for you called the Own Your Power Checklist, and it's the ultimate guide to helping you to own your personal power to thrive as a leader. Now, this checklist is going to help you to do four things. Number one, it's going to help you to own your unique personal power and to really weld it. It's going to help you to embrace your authenticity, to develop self-awareness, to take ownership and hold yourself accountable. And then lastly, how to trust your instincts and turn those obstacles into opportunities. I'm so excited for you to cultivate an authentic personal brand and remain resilient without it costing you your well-being. Why? Well, because now is the time. Now is the time for you to move beyond the barriers and to create new opportunities. Now is the time for you to stop being passed over and to start being recommended in rooms that you're not even in. Now is the time for you to stop feeling stuck and stagnant and to align 
your strengths to accelerate your growth. Now is the time for you to step into the leader that you were always meant to be. So don't miss out on this opportunity. Click the link to download the Own Your Power checklist now. Take the next step towards owning your personal power and thriving as a leader. Get your checklist today at careerthrivers.com forward slash podcast. It's your time to thrive. So a few secrets and tips about public speaking that I want to hit on, and then we'll wrap up with a conversation about the power of AI in all of this. So when it comes to public speaking, there are several mindset resets that are important to make. The first is that we sometimes have this idea that, oh, they just have it and I don't, right? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever seen someone on stage or on camera or in your ear in a podcast and just thought like, that person, they just they just have it. Les Brown, that person just has it. Oprah Winfrey, that person just has it. Tony Robbins, that person just has it. Marshawn Evans Daniels, that person just has it, right? Like those are people that, that come up for me when I think about this. It's like you see them in their element and you're like, wow. The truth of the matter is that most of those people would likely tell you that they've developed the skill, right? And so one of the things that some of you may know about me, you may or may not be aware of this, but um, I have spent a good amount of time in Toastmasters. So I'm a product of En-ROADS. I always like to share that. My connection to Pfizer actually came through En-ROADS. I was on a pre-law track. So I was heading off to law school and got connected to Pfizer through En-ROADS, which is a career and leadership development company that's been doing DEI work for over 50 years now, right? Before it, it, started trending again <laughs> a few years ago. And a big part of En-ROADS business model is that they connect corporations to diverse talent. And at that time, point in time, there was a pre-college component. So part of our, I'll never forget, I'm a native of Nashville, live in Nashville, Tennessee, and Saturdays we would spend in LDI, Leadership Development Institute at Belmont University. Shout out to Mr. Alexander, as I still call him to this day, Alfonso Alexander and Miss Gray, Cassandra or Sandy Gray that were Miss Sankey. Oh gosh, so many, so many. We won't start naming names, but so many incredible leaders that were colleagues at En-ROADS that helped to develop and shape at that time students, high school students like me that were a part of these leadership development institutes on Saturdays in your business professional, not casual, like the khakis and the dresses and the, all the stuff that we do nowadays. No, ma'am, no, sir. We, <laughs> we were in full on professional development suit at Belmont University all day, but we were doing Toastmasters, ACT, SAT prep. And I got to give it to, to En-ROADS, right? My mom knew this. My dad knew this. That was why I was in it. It gave us a competitive advantage. Uh, my husband, Joseph, and I talk about this often about how just some of the differences as we're growing businesses and hiring that we notice in sometimes younger talent. And we often have conversations about reminding ourselves uh, to give different generations grace because we were actually 
ahead of the curve, like in a major way because of inroads, like in a way that we didn't, we didn't even realize because we were doing these Saturday sessions. So, um, all that to say that was my connection to, uh, Pfizer, right? Cause I was on a completely different pathway. And so Toastmasters has been a part of my development. So Toastmasters, I was introduced to it through inroads. And then while I was at Pfizer, while I was a marketer, uh, we had a Toastmasters club at Pfizer. So I would go to Toastmasters then. So I share that to say, even in, in my own personal story, I would say that teaching is definitely a, a, a strength of mine that I've developed into a skill. It's a gift that I've been given a divine deposit, but it is something that I have cultivated. And most leaders that go from good to great, they didn't just stumble upon greatness. They didn't just one day wake up and became really good at a skill. They honed it. They developed it. So I say that in hopes to encourage you that even if you have a sense that like this public speaking thing, Brittany, it's not only my number one fear, but it's like not my thing. It can be your thing. You can develop that skill. The other thing that I would tell you is that practice makes progress. So the more you do it, the better you get, right? Um, I'll always remember, I'm naming, I'm dropping names. So we just gonna, we just gonna lean all the way in, right? So shout out to Gerald McRae, who was a marketer at Pfizer before I got my next role and became a marketer at Pfizer. And I'll never forget, I was about two weeks into my role and, you know, just having all the feels like, oh, I'm finally here. This is actually finally happening. Like this is an, an amazing team. The role was incredible. Like the role was literally tailor-made for me. It was one of those instances and stories where like, you know, when you're going through a disruption and you don't know if you're going to get an opportunity again, but then you get the opportunity and it's better than the first opportunity. It was that kind of experience, right? So I have all the feels and I can remember being about two weeks into this role and we're having our team meeting and we wrap up the meeting and we're walking out and Gerald's like, Hey, let me holler at you for a second. I'm just thinking, you know, we're going to chop it up in the hallway, you know, have some hallway conversation conversation before we go back to our office about the meeting. He turns to me and he's like, Brittany, you're in the room now and I'm going to need you to speak up. Now he probably said some other stuff too, but like the thing that I remember was that he was encouraging me and like being very direct in, you're not just in the meeting to take notes. You're not just in the meeting to be thoughtful and to, you know, listen, you're in the meeting to contribute. Like you're in the meeting to add value and guess how you do that? You do that through using your voice. And so I want to encourage you if you are a leader who has those second thoughts, right? In your team meetings, you, you have experiences where you're in a meeting, especially as a woman and you have a thought about something. And while you are doing the mental gymnastics to one, decide, is that even a good idea? Two, does that even matter to this group? Three, how do I say it in a way that it actually resonates? Bob says what you've spent the last 20 minutes thinking. And everyone's like, oh my God, that's such a great idea, <laughs> right? Not knowing that you had that same idea. You had that same insight to contribute 20 minutes ago, right? Um, I want to encourage you to remove the excessive analysis paralysis around owning your voice. 
lean into this affirmation. I am in the room because I belong here. I belong where my feet are and I have something valuable to contribute. Lean into that affirmation and let it encourage you to use your voice to speak up. Now, last thing that I'll share with you when it comes to public speaking is that there is an art and a science. And the science is what grounds you in getting more comfortable to create the art. So don't worry about the art right now. When I say the art, I mean like, you know how you hear people speak maybe on stage or on video and you're like, wow, they're really charismatic or, you know, they may do certain things like the power of the pause, powerful, powerful nonverbal communication secret, right? Or other bells and whistles, right? Alliteration or acronyms and acrostics, different things of of that nature. Don't worry about the art. Master the science. Guess what the science of effective public speaking is? Having a clear outline. And I don't want you to overthink this, but I want you to think of it in three ways. And we will go into this in more depth and really workshop it in the webinar. One, I want you to think about what is the thesis now, I'm, I'm taking us back to grade school for just a second, right? So the same way that you would have a thesis in your paper as you're writing, think of your thesis as what is the main point I want to convey in one sentence, right? That's where you want to start. There's a lot of things that I could say. What is the one thing that I, the main thing that I want to communicate in one sentence? And if you're like me, I'm visual, so I will actually write it down. And I want to make this very practical for you. This is not just when you have like a big presentation. This is when you're in the one-on-one meeting with your manager. This is before you get on to the discovery call with your idle client. This is before you turn your camera on to do a live on social media, if you're doing that, right? Anytime that you get the opportunity to speak publicly, start with the one thing. That's actually what we called it. I used to do speaker coaching for TEDx Nashville, and it was such an incredible experience getting to coach those speakers that were about to take the red dot carpet and Ted actually calls it the, the one sentence, the one thing, right? So that was how we would coach speakers to develop that 18 minute talk. Start with that one sentence, right? That they call it the big idea. What is your one thing? Um, Donald Miller calls it your controlling idea, right? It's very similar, but we'll, we'll go with the thesis. So what's your thesis, right? Then once you get that main point, like this is the main, this is the one thing that I want to communicate, the main thing I want to communicate. Then I want you to think about what are your proof points. All your proof points are, are either statistics, insights, or stories that back up, that kind of hold up the thesis, right? So just like a paper, right? Paragraph two, three, four, five, six. Two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, okay. I, I, I got them all. <laughs> and then the third and final thing that I want you to think about, right? So one, just quick recap. I want you to think about what's my main point? What's my thesis? If I only had one sentence to communicate, if I only had 20 seconds, what's the one thing that I want people to get from this conversation? What are my proof points that back that up? And then the last thing that I want you to think about, top three things, is how do I start? What is my attention grabbing opener? Now, if you're in a one-on-one conversation, right, let's role play for a second. Can we do that? So let's say you're in a one-on-one with your leader next week 
And, you know, you have the usual like, oh, check in. This is what I'm working on. This one. But you really want to own your career. Like you really you are really picking up what we're putting down on the Career Thrivers podcast. And you're like, listen, I'm going into this next one on one meeting with an agenda. And here's my thesis for the meeting. Here's the one main point that I want to get across in this 20 minute meeting with my leader. I want my leader to know that I want them to think of me when it comes to special projects for marketing, because I'm ready to start looking at marketing as my next career move. Boom. That's your one sentence, right? Then you're going to think about what are my proof points? Okay. So now as you're looking at your one-on-one meeting with your leader, it's not just updates, right? Now you're saying, how do I communicate the impact that I am making in my role to show that I am ready for this next step to become a marketer, right? So in, in, in the example of my career, what I was thinking about when I was sitting in those, in those one-on-one meetings is how can I, as a sales professional, because I wasn't there yet, but how can I communicate to my leader that I am already working on the competencies in my sales role to be a great marketer? Now I was going from just updates on work to actually making the work applicable to what I wanted to do next, right? Much more strategic conversation. And then finally, how do I get into that conversation? You know, so let's say I got a team member here today, Joel, we're going to use Joel as an example. So let's say Joel is my manager. I'm going into this one-on-one meeting. I already know my main point today is to let Joel know I'm ready for my next level marketing role. And I want to start moving towards that. I need Joel to think of me when, you know, he's in conversations with other leaders and projects and things of that nature nature are coming up. Right. So I might start the meeting with Joel and say, Joel, good to see you. You know, I hope you had a great weekend. Before we dive into our one-on-one today, I just wanted to use our time today to really hone in on my career development and really what I'm thinking about next for my career. So I want to make sure that we save some time at the end of our 20 minutes today to talk about how I can be thinking about special projects or even my network to get me closer to a marketing role as my next career step. How's that sound? So off the top, I'm letting my manager know like, hey, here's what I'm thinking about next. Same thing applies, right? If you are turning on the camera for a live conversation as an entrepreneur, or even if you're getting on stage, right? To get paid to speak. So listen, I hope that this episode was helpful for you today right? We talked about how can you really own and leverage really the power of public speaking to own your narrative, to boost your confidence and to thrive as a leader, because truly public speaking is one of the most overlooked skills that can help you to get to that next level, right? And if you're an entrepreneur on here or an aspiring one, I'll wrap with this. One of the best forms of marketing, and I'll just speak personally for me and my business has been speaking, not only because it's a revenue generator for me, which it could be for you too, right? If you start speaking for professionally, right? In exchange for income, but it is also a way for you to establish credibility and to share the story of your business, right? Share the story of the impact that you're making with your clients. Share the story of the services that you are offering that are serving real problems in the marketplace. So owning this power that we have to own our voice and to speak 
is a way that we can thrive as a leader. I look forward to seeing you on September the 7th for the webinar. If you are catching this after September 7th, make sure that you still head on over to confidentwithspeaking.com and we'll catch you in the next episode. All right, I was almost gone, <laughs> but before we wrap, I remembered that I was gonna tell you about AI, generative AI technology. We're gonna talk more about this in the webinar, but quickly, AI is a game changer for helping you to amplify your narrative, right? So with advancements that are being made in AI, your story has the potential to reach the right audience at the right time with the right impact. Imagine harnessing this tool of artificial intelligence to really refine your story, but also to elevate your voice. I cannot wait to see you inside of the webinar. We're gonna talk more about how you can leverage AI to elevate your voice, boost your confidence, gain clarity, and master public speaking. I'll see you on the webinar. And that's a wrap on today's episode, Thrivers. Remember, the power to thrive is in your hands. You have the strength, the patience, the passion, and the brilliance to reach for your next level and to seize it. Never forget that you are not alone on this journey. Together, we will learn, grow, and make strides to lead well. I'm Brittany and Cole reminding you to trust your instincts, to honor your strengths, to embrace those opportunities, and to own your power. Remember, download the Own Your Power checklist to keep you on track with your growth over at careerthrivers.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Career Thrivers podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode. And until next time, as we break boundaries and own our power, let's thrive together. Thank you.